I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I Actually, they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. Like, maybe Cracker's not that bad of a show? Well, oh, no. No, uh, here's what I was going to say. If they had not bothered to try and take those double episodes yeah, um, and, and try and turn them into single episodes or like using a the true romance one. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to make the argument that the these... stupidest thing they could have done was, was what, how they started the show with true romance, because you, you what? box in all of your character relationships by starting with true romance. Yeah. Like it, I don't know what, convince them to do something this idiotic as to start with the last episode of Cracker. But now that they've given up on adapting, trying to cram three hours of television into one hour of Cracker and are just telling their own stories, turns out they're not that bad at it. Oh no, both of these episodes, I was almost in tears at the end of the second one. Oh my God. Which was, uh, talk to me. Oh yeah, I was almost in tears. Jesus. That, I mean, it was the irony of that one, the twist in yeah, that we'll, one. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, like, no, no, both I of know, them are, but I'm just. They're really good. The yeah. These, these two episodes were very good. They, because they were hard to watch. Yeah. They had managed, they had somehow or another managed to corral who Cracker was. Yep. And they picked the appropriate, um, sort of, White him and his wife dynamic mm -hmm. to stick in. Yep. Right. Um, and then they created these stories that were worked, and they gave the first one. They gave him lots more time. The second one, they gave. You know, I mean, they they gave Cracker a lot of time. Yeah. With with both the well with the catalyst, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, I mean, do you still, I still don't like Cracker, but they managed to, in both these episodes, it wasn't that they created villains. They didn't do that. No, no, you're still spending no time with the villains. You're still spending no time with the villains. You don't get this, but what you do is get something else. That makes has, up for it. Yeah. That makes up for it. You're getting the catalysts. Mm hmm So the sun in the first one and the radio host in, in the, the second, second one. one. Yeah. Right? So they are the catalysts that are causing all of this. Mm-hmm. Whatever's happened. Well, no, not in the first one, in the second one. Yeah. But in the first one, but he's still the catalyst. He's the focus. Oh, absolutely. And um, Fitz has to talk to him because we find pretty early on in the first one, who the who the villain is, we know all. I mean, it. we know right. Okay, so uh, the first one is yeah. the one where there's this woman. She works in a bar, and she brings guys home yep. all the time because that's the thing that makes her feel valuable. Because spoiler alert, she was molested as a youth and had a baby at age sixteen. And so she never got to have an adolescence, really. 
and figure out who she was. So she only values herself in her sexual attractiveness to men. And that's, that's what she uses for feeling good about herself. And it's, you know, a rough situation. And it's especially rough for, like, she has made some peace with who she is. Her son, on the other hand, does not know how to deal with this, and she doesn't know how to help him. And she, yes, and she's not getting any help with him. And at the school, they're not, you know, like it's... Yeah, she doesn't know how to help him. He's got, there's no support system. She doesn't know how to help him, and he doesn't know how to cope with his mother's problems. Yes, and his mother does have serious oh, problems. Oh, God, yes. She's an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. Yeah. She's an alcoholic. She's constantly bringing these strange men around who treat her, you know, massive different, like, only, and the only basis for it is, is she attracted to them and really are they attracted to her briefly in the moment, right? And, like... They treat her a massive variety, like, it's completely different how she's treated by them, to the point where it's like, is she in pleasure or is she in pain? And all that is guaranteed is that they won't be there the next day when the son wakes up. And so, like, he literally doesn't know how to process the relationships his mother is having. Like, this guy is going to have some problems. Well, because the, because the, the, um... Because the implication is that she does like rough sex. Yep. And that's the problem. And that's why when the one time she brings somebody home and he kills her, the son doesn't know. Immediately recognize that she's being assaulted. No, she's saying something and, you know, and he, so he just does what he always does when his mother brings men home. He turns on the loudest music he can find. Uh, yeah, honestly. And as uh, like, oh God, isn't that a heartbreaking thing? Oh. Where Fitz acknowledges that the only common theme between any of his music is that they're all meant to be played as loud as possible. And it's noise. It's just noise. It's just noise without interruption. Right? It's like it's songs that can be guaranteed that he's not going to be able to hear anything but the song. You're like, oh. Such an interesting observation. Again, this is just good writing. This this was great. Yeah. We already got an intimation when they did that other one, Hell Hath No Fury. Yeah, that they were capable of really good (laughs) writing. And now we've got more examples of it. Yeah, so this is, they do understand who Fitz is. It was when they were trying to adapt the episodes. Yeah, it wasn't working. No, it wasn't working because it wasn't their Fitz. They're developing their own character. I still think Gary Cole would have been a better choice, but they're developing. Oh, yeah, no, no. I uh, Gary yeah. Cole is a better choice for almost anything. Yeah, he's he's the king. We love him. Uh, but yes, <laughs> when you watch this episode, and I'm just going to restate, and maybe it'll come into what they do with them later, but watching these episodes, I have no idea what Detective Parker is doing there. I checked. He's in like every episode. Why are there... There's, there's the lieutenant, there's, um, Hannah, who is Jane, right? And then there's the guy, there's Daniel, who's Beck. And then there's another guy there. And I don't know what he's doing there. Like, they've split back. Yeah, but it's like, (laughs) why did they think they needed this character? Are they splitting Beck into two characters? Like, why would you do that? I mean, do they need someone there to get killed later or something? Yeah, I haven't checked ahead. 
thing. Maybe, maybe they, you know, they need a cop because they don't want to let Beck. They don't. You they're get, back. Oh, be Beck. the rapist who kills himself. Yeah. So then and maybe that's where they're going with Parker. Okay. I mean, I hadn't thought about that until this second. Maybe you're right, but it's like I stand by the fact that it's super weird yeah, to have this cop there. Yeah. Like why? And the thing is, and it, it leaves Robert Wisdom with almost nothing to do. Like, and it's like, why have you got Robert Wisdom, this fantastic actor there, who was a, you know, a solid stand-in for Beck in the first couple of episodes? He has been completely sidelined by this generic other guy who we know nothing about. Like, I just, I don't get it. It's weird to watch. All right, so that's my complaint about that. Uh, the rest of the episode, I 100% agree with you. I think it's just, it's a great episode of the show. Yeah. Like the relationship stuff, relationship stuff is great. Uh, they have, they managed to have a Fitz and his wife style conversation about altruism that's interesting, but yeah. I don't understand why they've given her the standpoint that there's no such thing as altruism. Why have they assigned that a belief to her rather than to him when everything we know about the character, because it's based on the, the debate that he and uh, that Fitz and his wife had in the original. But in that she was, you know, working at a charity. So that's yeah. how it organically came up here. They're just talking about it, uh, you know, out of nowhere, theoretically. But I don't understand why Fitz is the one saying altruism exists and she's the one who's saying it's not. The, the sides of that debate should be flipped. I have no, no statement to make about that oh you don't agree <laughs> no no i no i other than other than agreeing with you i don't okay. understand why they did that but remember we have no idea we are now how many episodes in six episodes in yeah and we have no idea what she does for a living no she she's a lecturer remember she's a university oh. lecturer they made her the feminist lecturer Oh, yeah. yeah. From the first episode. Wait, that, so he can make the speech about the housekeeper. Well yes. Oh, well, that's stuck in my brain. Yeah, well, I know. Because, I mean, she's only a feminist lecturer so that they could include that line from the pilot. Yes. And that was dumb because she, uh, because all we ever see of her, we do not know that she has a job. No, we never have the slightest inkling that she has a job. No, because, and in the other, in, in the, in the, British one, for sure, she had a job. You knew that she was because she was going off to work and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And here it's, you know, and why did they change the father to the mother? I don't know. Her, you know, yeah. Her father, it was her mother. But uh, one really interesting thing here, though, that I did like was uh, finally giving Mark something to do. Uh, because, and they, they call out the idea that this, um, that there is this inherent toxicity to Fitz and his wife's relationship. Yes. That their whole relationship is this intellectual sparring that never ends. And Mark gets to call out the fact that it's like, this is not a stable, like, that is not a stable foundation upon which to build a family life. Yeah. It's like, can't you keep your anymore. yeah? Can't you keep your little debates to yourself and just eat dinner with us? 
I really liked that. I thought that was a great moment for the character. Oh no, that was that was a great moment, and the daughter too. <laughs> the daughter is like, who After... <laughs> would rather like? Okay, but can I? If we're gonna do this, can, can I start drinking at the table too? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's a really good moment that. After the first five episodes, we're just not expecting the show to be able to do this. Well, it does mean that the that once the writers are able to yeah. to, to stay within the world of these characters, yeah, but put their own spin on it, then they can come up with lines as well. Yeah. And again, I wasn't expecting it, and I was really pleasantly surprised by this episode. Oh yes, you, see, you Mark. Mark. Do you know, do you know what Mark I would put down? Up. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I would put down as, like, the one thing about this episode I didn't like? What? That they threw in the serial killer getting an extra victim. Yeah, I didn't... You didn't need that. We didn't need it. Because Because if you're going to... Here's the thing. Who, by the way, like, never really comes up again. Well, no, that was my point. If you're going to put in an extra victim, then that extra victim is supposed to be the key to the police... That the guy they're holding, that the that the son is definitely not the killer because he was in jail with Fitz. Yeah, but of and course they can't have that happen because Fitz has to be the one to figure out that the son didn't do it and prove to them that he didn't do it. And so it's like the yeah. the serial the extra the extra death is just in there for some you know criminal minds imminent threat. You know, nonsense. But that's not what the episode's about, and it's not what the episode needs. The yeah. episode is just about Fitz having these three conversations with the son to get him to open up to him and trust him. Yeah. That's, you know, that's all you needed. Yep. Yeah, it just bothered me that they throw in an extra victim. Like this woman who, this random woman who is willing to go up to a cliff with this guy she just met and and like and no one notices she's missing and is never mentioned again yeah, like this I woman as you know completely disposable victim that the show like but i mean how crazy is it that we're talking about an episode of uh cracker mind over murder and there's only one thing i had a problem with it yes that's crazy right yeah so yeah, and um, this is this is just one of those little things. Maybe you know, maybe that's part of what they have to do. But yeah, well, you no, don't, I mean but, because structurally, no, right? but it can't be because structurally, in the next one, there's only one victim. Yeah, no, I mean it's just a weird mistake. I don't know yeah. what it's doing in there, and it's almost like the show admits it's a mistake. Mistake because we never, it's like, we never find out any reference to anyone even knowing that woman died. I know. And it's what makes it feel like the show almost knows that scene shouldn't be in there, but it was left in for who the hell knows what reason, you know? It's, it's a very, it's, it's a full on, just a weird scene. Yeah. So real, real issue with that scene, but you, you get the guy, you get the history of some horrific abuse at the hands of his mother turned him into this. We don't get a lot of details of what it was. But it definitely, there was some horrific abuse at the hands of his mother. And we find out that her death is what was the stressor that drove him to this. Yeah. Like, we get all the details we need to know who this guy is without making the episode about him. Because the episode is about Fitz and this kid. And this poor kid. Oh, this poor kid. 
good performance, mm-hmm. like really good performance from the kid. I really good performance from the kid, really good performance from everybody. You can believe that the cops would just assume he did it. Right. Yes. You believe yeah. the cops would just assume he did it 100% and that Fitz would have to get him to do the fake confession to try and prove that he didn't do it. Um, the one thing I find implausible at the episode when the, uh, the idea that when the kid has no idea how his mother was actually killed, that that would make the other cops want to let him go. I'm like, no, cops don't care. Uh, cops don't care if you get the details wrong. They'll put you in jail for a thing you didn't do, no matter what. Like that, that does not bother cops. <laughs> yes, but that's not the episode. I know that's not what the episode's that, about. That's external to the episode. It is external from the episode. You're right. But I am correct. I just want to point out that I am correct. Cops <laughs> do not care about getting the right person. Well, at they, least in Los Angeles. Come on. Ah. You think any cops care about getting the right person? I have no idea. <laughs> I do know some some cops who do. So okay, all you right. Know, I I know. do admit that there is a possibility. Okay, I do admit that there is a possibility that cops exist who care whether they get the right person rather than just whether they get to take something off of their board. Such a thing can conceivably exist. I will you know, agree I mean, with you on we're, that. We're also talking that this is done. Almost 20 years ago. No. Yeah. Almost 20 years ago. Yeah. You know. When the Rampart scandal was happening in the LAPD. Yeah. Which proved there were no good cops in the LAPD. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk crap about the LAPD. We're here to say that this is a damn good episode of Although Cracker. Although it is one thing. Yeah. It is one thing that's different. Yeah. For the BBC because Jimmy McGovern hates the cops. Oh, yeah. And that and is that is a big clear. difference. Because yeah. again, like you missed when they did Lemmings Will Fly, you missed the cop knowing yeah. that he had put an innocent man in jail, but not being able to do anything about it because of his position. Yeah. And that having haunted Bainborough. Whereas in this one, nobody's thinking about what happened to the teacher the week after. You yeah. know? But anyway, uh, so let's move on to the second episode, which is about a stalker. Yeah. And Whoa. this was this was a, a really, really interesting episode. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah. And what what you have to understand contextually to get what this episode is doing is a lot of people today have no idea who she was because she existed before Fox News was big enough to really get her on side, or maybe they tried to and it didn't work out because she wanted too much money. Who knows? There was a woman called Dr. Laura. Yeah. And she was, you, you know, Dr. Phil, she was Dr. Phil. Like the exact, literally the exact same person as Dr. Phil. She was a person who got like a degree in something unrelated to psychology, who sold herself as a psychologist. And all of her advice to people was just, you know, uh, make your bed, tie your, you know, it's like, make your bed, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, generic right-wing American nonsense. And she was, and it, with this tinge, and this is why I think it's strange that um America never caught on, like, she never caught on with Fox, because there was always this twinge of, like, offensive right-wing authoritarianism to her, and, like, Christian authoritarianism to her, right? That, um, that this character 
lacks. Like, this character is not as awful as the real-life Laura Schlesinger was. If you're wondering, um, famous, her most famous fictional version was in an episode of The West Wing. If you've seen the viral clip where, um, he, uh, where Bartlett yells at some lady for not understanding the Bible, but being, criticizing people anyway, that character was fake Laura Schlesinger, right? Mm-hmm. Who said, who hated, who famously just despised gay people. All right. Uh, so <laughs> that's all in setup. So you understand the context because a big part of this episode is the fact that this woman is a liar who is desperate for attention. Right. Yes. And that is based on the fact that there, it was something of a scandal when it turned out that Laura Schlesinger, Dr. Laura, like didn't had, have a degree, didn't have a degree or like only studied physical education or something like that. Right. And so she was marketing herself completely inauthentically. And so here they do a very fun thing with this, whereas they've established in the first episode, but it's never come back again, which is a problem. Uh, that Fitz does a radio call-in show. Right. And that was, that was a part of the original, right. Again, that they didn't use that much, but they used enough to make it interesting. Uh, and likewise here, they don't really use it much, but it's always been there in the background. And so you have this aspect where she's the new person. She's much more popular than he is. And it's like, and he right away knows she's a fraud. Well, yeah, because she was his student. Exactly. She was a student and he remembers that she was a cheat, like she plagiarized a paper. Mm -hmm. And he is like, and so he knows right away that like this success is unearned. Yes. He even finds it implausible that she went off and got a doctorate. <laughs> yeah. Right? And in fact, when the cops check into it, it turns out that no, she did not go out and get a doctorate. It's just a lie. Uh, but yep. so, yeah. So she, he knows right away that something's up with her and he doesn't trust her. And so when she starts uh, being stalked and having someone call in, right, uh, and make threats to her and she wants, you know, she wants police involvement. Uh, his response is, she's faking it for the attention. And we, the audience, know that she's faking it for attention because the guy calling in is quite obviously Justin Lewis, who plays her manager and boyfriend. (laughs) Like, he has a very distinctive voice. Yeah. You know, I mean, Justin Lewis, uh, especially if you're Canadian, he's just one of those actors who's been in everything for my entire life. Like, (laughs) Justin Lewis was just always around. So the minute... It, uh, you play the audio. I'm like, okay, that, well, that's Justin Lewis. And then Justin Lewis shows up as her <laughs> manager and you're like, oh, okay. So it's a scam. And then this things get super interesting because, and this is, by the way, really smart thing of the, um, episode, right? Yeah. Because it's a low threat episode. There's not a serial killer running around, meaning they have time to do the fits and his wife and her, and the quote unquote counselor who's trying to get Fitz to stop drinking storyline. Yeah. Right? And you could do that in a more intense episode. Like, when did that happen in the original? Did it happen during To Say I Love You, I think? Yeah, it, it didn't. I think it happened it during happened To Say I Love You. Second year, I think. No, that was in the first season. She sleeps with the guy in the first season. Yeah. All right, that happened. Right. Yeah, but anyway, the point is. Um Maybe okay. it's the third episode. Maybe it's Lemmings Will Fly. But, like, when you're doing the two and three hour episodes, there's room, right? 
Yeah. There's room to do that. Uh, and here they have a low threat episode, so they have room to do that. But this is where I come back to it being crippled by like doing to say I love you first. Because to say I love you establishes that he's already been having an affair with Hannah. So then you can't do this episode where he manages to convince her to come out to dinner with him and do the great scene afterwards where she says, I could only see sleeping with you if I knew things were done with your wife. Yes. How do you do that if they were already having an affair? Like, and it's just, they've crippled all of the show's relationships and the ability for the show to progress naturally by starting with the episode they started with. Yeah, I mean, the th this is always going to be, and as I said, one of the things we're going to have to decide when we get to the end yeah. is which episode they should have started with. Yeah. I, no, until right. we see where, where they've gone, and it, they might have started with one of their own. With mm -hmm. that maybe the conclusion after these last three episodes that are decent. That probably episodes. would have been a better place to start. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk about which one later. You're right. Yeah, we'll see you'll we'll see what the rest of the their own episodes are. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's very interesting because and here's the question I have for you. Okay. What do you think of the way they present? Um and and so Hannah says the same line Penhaligon said, which is, I wouldn't sleep with you, right, until I was sure you and your wife wouldn't get back together. And he says, what do you mean? And he's, and she says, by pulling that stunt at the hotel, at, yeah, you've guaranteed that she's going to sleep with him, whether she planned on it or not. Yeah. Now she has to. Yep. And in the original, Fitz is so blinkered in what he's doing to his wife and how he's, you know, how he's screwing up his own life, that he is believably like shocked that Penhaligon would say that. And, you know, shocked at the the reveal of what he's been doing with his wife. Whereas in this episode, Fitz hears that and he's like, yeah, yeah. that's probably right. And he has a sip of his drink. Yeah. And that is such a completely different reaction. And it suggests, and it suggests that he really is done with his wife. Well, sort of, because at the end, he's really sort of thinking about that. Well, one. no, but he goes to the house and sees her leaving the psychiatrist's house. The other house. guy's house. Yeah. Yeah. But and then the. Yeah, and then he sits there thinking about it. But it's like, the fact that he reacts to that line from Hannah with a, yep, and takes a drink, It's it suggests a greater disconnection from his wife than Fitz had in the original. And weirdly, I mean, I know this is going to sound strange, but as much as we've criticized using um, a True Romance as the first episode, the way True Romance ends, we talk about, is the collapse of their relationship. Yeah. And this feels like an, uh, as as dumb as we say it was to start the series that way, having him react that way to Hannah's statement really does feel like an honest follow-up to the events of True Romance. 
See what I'm saying? I'm saying they're oh, not. No, no, I, yeah. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's, I mean, I'm not saying it was the right choice. I'm saying they're honestly following up on the decisions they made, whether they were good decisions or not, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Yes, that okay, does good. make sense. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess I'm just trying to say that I don't think it was a good decision to do in the first place, but I respect the that, they're that they're following up, up on their bad decisions and not pretending that never happened. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, it's weird that I think that <laughs> it's like I'm getting more respect for the show as it goes on. Well, yeah, because they're doing something decent with it, right? Yeah, that's the um, thing. They really are. And I, yeah, I, and the question is, who knows why they had they started with true romance? It 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 just just wasn't working, right? You're just sort of sitting there going, but. This doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, but so, yeah, they're working around it, I guess, is what you would have to say, right? Kind of, yeah. yeah. All right. So now why don't you get into uh, the twist of this episode? <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Yes. The twist of the episode. Yeah. So, of course, Fitz has, you know, they decide. Well, the twist of the episode is that. They think Leon is calling. She's got a stalker. She's got a real stalker. Um, yeah, we may have figured it out. Fitz figures out that no, this isn't a real stalker. This is it's just this her boyfriend. Is your boyfriend. This is your manager trying to make you your you're hungry to be more and more successful. And what's happened to your ratings? They've tripled and this, that, and the other thing. And then they push her with the fact that she never graduated from Stanford. She never did this. She whatever and then she goes home and and there's there's a song playing Mm -hmm. and there are roses and she thinks it's her boyfriend of course her manager boy slash boyfriend uh it's um has left all of this stuff and this music playing and we have been seeing this guy who is her stalker yeah he's got a big picture of her he's got candles it's a shrine you know, and um, then her boyfriend gets killed. Yep. And um, that rips her apart. Yeah. Like she and doesn't. Like the cops were ready to. They were threatening her with yeah. charging her with filing a police report and ra- wasting their time. And she, even though she knows she's been lying, still claims that there is a real stalker. And yeah. that's when she goes home and finds her boyfriend dead. Yeah, and we know that there was a real stalker. Yeah, and we've known there was a real stalker the whole time. Yes, but what we didn't, and so we just assumed that this stalker was called the Leon, right? Well, but yeah, was, unless, of course, you know, you recognize Justin Lewis's voice. Yes, I know. But yeah, though you can, because you know there's a stalker, and yeah. if you don't know Justin Lewis's voice really well, because you know there's a real stalker, the show leads you to believe that it's the stalker who's calling in. Well, it's, it's not, not only that, it leads you to believe that the police has have got this wrong. Exactly. That she does It's a very well-structured episode. Like, it really is. No, but even that Fitz, and I'm going, oh, don't tell me it's Fitz getting it wrong again. I actually did do that, right? For a moment, yeah. For a moment. Um, because what happens, right? Because Fitz, and it turns out, of course... You know, so Fitz says, okay, so someone's killed him. It's not you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we have to get whoever this is. Although I did like that the cops were like immediately wanting to uh, assume it was her. And uh, they they have to be like, you know, Fitz and I think Hannah have to be like, you really think she could strangle this guy to death and drag him into a car, a car and, sit <laughs> like him up because and sit him up and break his tough. jaw to stick the cell phone he used to make the threatening calls into his mouth? No, obviously not. Yeah. And then we and when, then we see the stalker at at, at, at his home. Yeah. Right. He has the and, he's, and he's ha- having a meal and he's talking. He's recorded, obviously, and spliced. Well, cut because it's, it's a her show. Tape. Yeah. And he spliced it from different things from her show. So that he can have a fake conversation with her. Yeah. I mean, it's just so creepy. So they finally, and she is falling apart. She can't do the show. Fitz says, you've got to get him to call in. Yeah. You have got to talk to him. And um, so she does, because they figured out that there has to be someone else out there. Oh, yeah. And like so, they know there's a real stalker now. Right? And she and said, so, I can't do it. I can't do it. And mm-hmm. it's, so the two of them, so she, it's her show. It's her show. And she has fits on as, as a. As a guest. Guest. And the key part is, she says it's going to be her last ever episode. Yes, so this because, would be his only chance to ever talk to her. Yes, because and the FAA, and it turns out that they are going to take her off the air because you know of the fake, sure. you know, um, and because so of he the fake stalker. So the stalker does call in, mm-hmm. and they start talking, and then she, she talks to him, he talks to her, she does, she, and then she makes all the admissions. Yeah, she has to confess yeah. to everything. She confesses to everything, and this poor guy. Who killed this guy because he thought she was in danger. He thought she was in danger, and so he killed the stalker. He tracked down who the stalker was, yep. and she and he killed the stalker because he believed the stalker was real. Mm-hmm. And the one you feel sorry for at the end is him, yeah. not her. Oh, yeah, because she, she had... All in motion. Yeah. She set all of this in motion. She emotionally manipulated this really deeply messed up guy without even realizing what she was doing. But I mean, you don't feel sorry for her because she was try. She, you know, performatively turned herself into victim to make people like yeah. her more, right? And you know, like to increase her value, which ended up, you know, making someone like causing this borderline personality guy to come in try and rescue her like no yes. you have you have no sympathy for her at the end of the episode yes her his intentions were good yeah <laughs> you know, from and you know and you can kind of understand you know that there he's he, <laughs> you know but she and she was sticking to her story yeah until the very end in fact when he was he when fitz is trying to get her to interact and and mm-hmm. she's walking out oh right my like god she just walks out because she can't do this. You know, she's not yep. going to tell the truth because he's pushing her. And she said, I didn't take you here to berate me. Yeah. Um, I didn't have you on my show to berate me. I'm leaving. Yeah. And then he calls in and says, he wants to talk to her. And it turned out he'd moved all the way from Seattle. Just because that's where her old show was in case that wasn't yeah. clear. Yeah. If that yeah. Was, uh, yeah. 
So it was, and as I said, I almost teared up at the end for this poor kid. It's horrible. Like his entire life was uh, this obsession with her and he did everything he could for her approval and because of his love for her. And it's like, it was all a manipulation on her part. And she, and I mean, we go back to monkey with, you know, uh, <laughs> letting Jimmy near become a lawyer is like giving a monkey a machine gun. Yeah. It's this woman playing like by pretending to be a psychologist and by pretending to be authority she was playing with stuff she didn't understand and, oh, that and she so, didn't really I, believe she could have this effect on people and you really and you have the full everything about the episode shows you because you have callers coming in telling her to be strong Right, because she reads this note that she got right on the air, yeah, on the air, and of oh. course, because it's as you say, performative victim. Yep. I mean, she's not a real victim. Nope. Because the other guy would never have done anything. No. Probably never have done anything. No, never reached out. He would have been happy to just listen right. to her every day from four to six. Yeah. And he would and have just, moved wherever else she was. Yeah. And just to feel like she was a part of his life. Yeah. You know, you he know? was not a danger. It was only. Until she, he thought that he needed to save her yes. because she said she needed to be saved. Yes. You know, but you had the callers, you know, all these, these female callers calling in. I know. And they like said commiserating this really, over. Really well. No, they That's, did. This yeah. was, this was. Um, this is a really good episode. This is the best episode so far. 100%. Like yeah. last episode was really good. And honestly, if they didn't have that extra victim, it would be potential with this one. Yeah. But it's like the fact that they had the restraint this time to not just like throw in, he kills somebody else just to increase the stakes. No, the stakes are her having to face up to what she did to this guy. Yeah. The fact that she, while pretending to be someone who helps people, manipulates people and controls people. Like she Maybe. uses psychology in the worst possible way. Yeah, because it's really interesting that it's as if they're now getting American social issues into it. Yeah, oh, 100%. This is, this is a commentary on talk radio. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this is, we all have to remember Bogosian. Yep. Talk radio, like talk radio. Fantastic you know? movie. And these, yeah, you, yeah, everybody, we've mentioned it before. You, you yeah, want we talk to, about talk radio a lot, actually. Yeah, because it's the same thing. I mean, he ultimately, the problem with these talk radio hosts is that if they push and push and push, somebody's, there's yeah. going to be somebody out there. And in this case, it wasn't even like a bad guy, like a, no. a guy who, who, who hated her or anything. He just wanted to. Well, the I, difference with talk radio is because of the way they interact, it encourages parasocial relationships and people feeling like they do have a connection to the talk radio host, yeah. both negatively and positively. Because the talk radio situation is, you know, this guy felt like more of a threat to the white supremacists because the white supremacists were able to call in and he would debate them and make them look like idiots. Yeah, it's different than a guy going on TV and making a you know a mini documentary about how bad white supremacists are. Like, if you feel like this is a real guy, down like 
the talk radio make turns a celebrity into the guy down at the end of the bar talking crap. Yeah. Like, and in the same way that you would take, might take a swing of that guy, you might go after this celebrity. Like, and that's what happened to the real life guy that talk radio is based on. Yeah. And it was, it was, it, the, it, by the way, the order killed him. If you don't know what the order is, you might want to look that up. Yeah. Just, yeah. We're not going to go into that because this, so we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I, and if I was to say anything, like you get that full sense of what this episode's about. Yeah. The previous episode, it's not quite because you don't talk. Yes. She was pregnant at 16, but you don't see her behavior as clearly. We're really no. feeding into that, that she was abused and was pregnant. Well, right? I, mean, I, I just think the coding of her being into rough sex now, the fact that she was pregnant yes. at 16. Oh, no, I, I don't her only like It's not hard to profile what went into her life story to get her to the place she is now. Yes. Right? But but you're right. The, the episode doesn't explicitly say it the way this episode explicitly the way this gets into who it. she is. Yes. Yes. No, you're totally so, right. You know, I mean, in terms of the episodes, I mean, it's it's more implode. You say coded. I would just say it's more implicit. Yes. That you have to assume two things. Number one, she was probably raped and got pregnant. Oh, yeah. And number two, you know, and, and how you do that, because they say she was 16. And then you you make the thing. The rape is because you have the violent. Yeah. The fact that she has decided to cope with that and deal with it by, you know, having rough sex, by having rough sex, which is not an uncommon response for people to take control of their own sexuality, for uh, women, especially to take control of their own sexuality if they've been assaulted, especially when young to get by getting into rough sex. It's weird to, you know, if you're if it's not your thing, but there's plenty of writing about this if you want to look into it. There's lots of writing about all of the different di- the where uh, where fetishes come so, from is yeah. so every the way people end up surviving and mm-hmm. creating their lives right yeah. are so context dependent yeah. and it's really hard there are there are the general things you can say mm-hmm. um this very specifics of each case are very, very difficult. Oh, to, absolutely. To kind of figure. So, I mean, I, I, I don't have, it's not a, a real complaint about it. It's just no. that this episode makes it is very good. explicit about what it's about. And the previous one, you're right. 100% you're right. Is not as explicit about what it's about because yeah. uh, that would have taken a lot more time to get into. Well, it would have taken, it would have, t- Fitz would have n- needed another few minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Of talking to this boy. Yeah, to and, to help him understand of, where his mother was coming from. Yeah, to help and, him understand that. Yes. Yeah. And that's where it would have belonged. He would. Yeah, have been, exactly. Like, and it's like how love means very different things in very different situations. Yes. And she loves you. She doesn't love any of these men. And of course, they don't know what the audience knows is that he forced her to say, I love you. Yeah, exactly. The boy doesn't know this. The police don't know this. Nobody knows this. We are the only ones. Mm -hmm. And okay. And that was the purpose of the second murder. Yeah. 
to show that it's his M.O. That it's his M.O. is to get the woman to say, I love you. Yeah. But even there, did you need that? Well, here's here's the problem. Yeah. Um. Now, now that we're talking about it and I'm going, OK, that's what. Because it gets you the extra that, insight into. I see your point. Into the killer. And yeah. and that leaves us at the end of the episode, knowing something that nobody else knows. And that is interesting. Right. The audience knows something about this killer and this boy, and it makes it even sadder. Yeah. Because this boy is never going to have that piece of insight. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. This guy's never going to confess. No. To, to that part of it. No, in all likelihood, he wouldn't. Now, Fitz could have figured it out. Yeah. You know, because they will find the other dead woman. Eventually, yes. Eventually, and Fitz might, you know, but blah blah blah. But this is only an hour, this is only forty seven. Exactly, minutes. they oh, only have so much time to do this. But it so. would have helped if Fitz had been able to just do a little bit more of an explanation to the son. Yeah. Um. It would have definitely helped close the door on that. Yeah, and um, but other than that. Right. Yeah, it's yes. it's still a fantastic episode either way. I do see your point about like letting us know about his MO. Yeah. But then again, like we could have found out more about his MO if Fitz had gotten a chance to interrogate him about his relationship with his mother. Yes. But like, there would have been another way to do that without there being another victim. But now we're just like saying, oh, what they could have done if they had had two hours to tell this story. <laughs> there you go. We're back. Like, that's that. just because the thing about Cracker. So, so I think. Yeah. And another pivotal thing, and I'm not saying it it's saying that the show hates cops, because I don't think this show does hate cops. The way, the way Jimmy the way. McGovern hates cops. Yeah. Um, but it is notable that like the cops do uh murder this guy. The co- yeah. in the call-in, right? Because what happens is so they keep him on the line long enough to trace where he is, and the cops bust in, and he turns to look at them still holding the cell phone in his hand. And then one of the cops yells that he's got a gun and they shoot him to death. Yeah, that was horrible. That's the second episode. Oh, yeah, that's the second episode. Well, no, I identified the call in. I think that was clear. Uh, but but yes, I, it's a, as I said, it it's was, a rough ending. Yeah, it was. A it's terrible. a really rough ending. Yeah. I mean, the whole episode is just brutal. But well, that ending know, where yeah. they where the cops it's, kill him because the cops are all trigger happy. It's the LAPD, you know. Yeah. I think we can say they're at least making that comment about the LAPD. Yeah, but that's similar to the the cop shooting in uh, the boys one. Yeah, exactly. Which who the hell knows what they're going to. I mean, and I'm sure we're going to get that when we get to. Although in Best Boys, he did have a gun. Yeah. Uh, But I'm sure we're going to have that conversation when we get to Best Boys in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. But. I know it's it's strange to say, given how unbelievably hard we've been on Cracker for the past three weeks, but I guess maybe it's a good show now? No, I well, no, these two episodes are great. As I said, there's a shift. So the other thing is, is we're not doing a comparison. No, we're not. Because there's nothing to, exactly, we don't have to compare it to anything. No, and so, and they have made the shift to focusing on essentially the victim in some in in some ways in both episodes yes in both episodes it's been 
the and victim... in one case, it was the victim who brought it on this uh, on himself, and in the other case, it's a victim who's thought that uh, who they think is the killer, right? But fundamentally, it's still like it it makes it all about the victim in a really interesting way. Yeah. So th- they're doing a good job. I can't. I can't. Couldn't complain about these episodes. Not really. I mean, there's little things. Yeah. For the most part, it's done what it needs to do, and it has allowed us to have Cracker interacting more. I know, and that's what's so important to making this good. Yes, it's less expository. Mm-hmm. Think about that. It's less expository than the other ones were because the other ones. We're cramming three hours of television into one hour of television. I mean, I'm sorry, but like last week when we had to talk about (laughs) the way they jumped from scene to scene to scene and to say, I love you, or it's like, no, we have so much plot to get through. We can't slow down and think or talk about anything. No, we just have to tell you. (laughs) Here, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. And that's not what's happening here in these last episodes. They have managed to tighten it up and it's, and they've created a one hour episode. Well, you know, the usual 47 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Episode. All right. So uh, next week is going to be slightly weird, right? Okay. Uh, because there's a weird number of, there's 16 episodes in the show. And you might think, oh, well, then you all can just watch two a week and we'll be fine. Um. But just uh, we're going to do things a little differently for a simple reason. One, and I think this is the most important part, uh, three of the episodes aired two years later originally. Sorry, five of the episodes aired two years later. Oh, no. Because the show was canceled in January of 1998, and they didn't air until like on another channel in March of 1999. So there was this giant break. Uh, but more importantly, they do it, t- they do two more two-parters. And one of the, and so what we're going to be doing next week is we're going to be watching, and this is the order, it's a little confusing because we're watching them in aired order, but where would normally be the second episode is a two-parter. So we're going to watch An American Dream next, and then we're going to watch the two-parter If. All right. And so, that wraps, and that, uh, and then things really get confusing because that wraps up all of the original aired episodes. So the week after that, we're going to be watching, uh, The Club and Best Boys. Uh, week after that is going to be the final two-parter, First Love. And then for our last episode about Cracker Mind Over Murder, Faustian Fitz, the last ever episode of, uh, the last produced episode of Cracker Mind Over Murder. And yes, the episode that features Robbie Coltrane. Now, so next week we're doing An American called... Dream and yeah. then If Part 1 and Part 2. So If Part 1 and Part 2. Yeah. I'm writing these down because they're not always in the correct order. On the I know. No, they're not. Well, and again, I don't even know if this is the intended order. The only order I can think of is let's go by the, um, by how they aired. Yeah. And there's one exception to how they aired, but I can't, uh, where we're not doing how they aired, but I can't explain to you why without a giant spoiler that I know that you don't. Yes. 
So, so we're not going to talk do about not it. read the episode. I'm not going to explain why we're not going to be watching one of them in aired order. But the rest of them, we're watching them as they aired. Okay. As confu- I mean, the, the weird part is, like, uh, the episode list on IMDb isn't even super helpful because they're like, episode 9 aired January 17th and episode 10 episode aired January 24th. Great. Episode 11 aired January, uh, December 11th. Like, what? The previous, well, shouldn't that be episode nine then? <laughs> oh, it's maybe so IMDb frustrating. Is, is, is putting them in, in the original aired order, maybe. Yeah. And we but... talked, and we talked about this mess up because they did it with Firefly. Oh, did they ever? And it, they messed up the order with Firefly, which, oh. They and messed up the order with our beloved action, which was especially bad because that was a heavily serialized show. Oh, no better show than action, everybody. Yeah. The the like platonic example of a show that like, no, it should have just been on HBO. That thing would have run forever. Oh, yes. Had they just couldn't have done a damn thing about it. Spoiler alert. I mean, we've talked about this once before. We talked about this once before, but like literally there is an episode of the show. So the the lead actress on the show wanted to leave the show uh because she because she was playing uh a former sex worker turned development executive and she had been assaulted by the head of CBS. And so all of this stuff about exploitation of sex in the uh entertainment industry, she realized she just it was triggering too much stuff in her. And so she couldn't do the show anymore. Uh, and of course, she had a hard time saying that to the producers at the time because she didn't tell anybody until years later that she'd been assaulted by the head of CBS. But, you know, that's another conversation. Uh, the interesting and, and thing, well, though, is yeah. she they they gave her an episode to go out on because the episode they go out on is specifically about how the Weinstein brothers assault women. Yeah. Yeah. As we found out after... All of this stuff comes out, right, with Rona yeah. Farrow, and all these women start talking about how Harvey Weinstein did things. Like, because we kind of, we kind so, of, I mean, they're, they're coded as the Weinstein brothers, yeah. but like, we didn't know it was about something real. Yes, it was real because all of the stuff that was in that episode is it's what the from, women would tell would you. say exactly. So yeah, like, so this was the head of action, like the guy creating action, literally trying to tell everyone about Weinstein, like 15 years before all of that went down. Yeah. 15 years before Me Too. Like he was trying to tell people about Weinstein through drama. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like how you watch uh, the movie. uh, uh, What do you call it? Um. Uh, oh God, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, who has uh, their stand-in for Charlie Rose being super creepy with a woman, with oh, a young man. woman. And you're like, and now you know, oh, he was trying to tell us. Okay. That's what was going on. That's what was oh, going okay. on in that scene. Uh, so yeah, like uh, a magnificent show. But yeah, also aired out of order and also, you know, sabotaged by its own studio. Yep. Uh, so yeah. What we're going to have to do is we're we're struggling with how to watch these, and this is the best we can come up with. So next week, 
is American Dream, followed by If Part 1 and Part 2. Go there. All right. So uh should be pretty exciting. All right. Uh, we're going to do that. But for now, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you have, uh, if you're listening to this on an app or podcaster, please rate and review it. That's how people find out about the show. We're going to see you back here next week for those episodes of Cracker Mind Over Murder. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. <laughs>